And 324 days since your president, yes, Joey, uh, said and swore and promised and gave an oath not to abandon Americans behind enemy lines in the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan. He did, along with green card holders, thousands of them and our Afghan allies. He specifically said he'd protect them and abandon them and they're dying and missing in action, meaning they've never seen or heard from again. I wonder what happened. I wonder what the Taliban did. Women aren't going to work. Girls are not going to school. The old Taliban is the new Taliban. Uh, But they've turned the page. Anyway, glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN. We did get a Supreme Court decision today. There are really five big cases that we're watching um, out of the 17 cases that are left. Uh, We're watching a case out of uh, Kentucky where a high school football coach lost his job after he insisted on reciting post-game prayers on the 50-yard line despite his uh, school district instructing him to stop. Don't pray to God. God help you. Anyway, the uh, coach claimed that it violated his First Amendment rights to free speech, free exercise of religion. The school district uh, claims the prayer uh, from a public school employee ran afoul of the First Amendment's Establishment Clause. And actually, up until I think it was the early 60s, you had two decisions within like a two or three year period that came out. And prior to that, you used to have actual the Lord's Prayer said in school and Bible reading in public schools. By the way, if you go back to the 1950s, the top problems in school were chewing gum, talking in class, running up and down the halls. Now it's drugs, suicide, fentanyl everywhere. Uh, and and everything in between. Anyway, so we're watching that case very closely. The case we got back today is Carson v. Macon, and uh, it was a 6-3 decision, a big win. By the way, the American Center for Law and Justice, that's Jay and Jordan Seculo's uh, group, uh, they also participated in the filing, the ACLJ, and they'll join us at the top of the next hour. Um, anyway, 6-3 vote, and... Um, in that particular case, it's a big win for school choice. I'll explain that at the top of the hour. The other four cases we're watching is Biden versus Texas, which really is the remain in Mexico policy and the Trump administration's uh, policy on this, which migrants seeking asylum had to stay in Mexico as they awaited hearings. The crux of that case is whether the federal government can use discretion in carrying out the program or if as Texas and Missouri are arguing in their lawsuit, the policies needed to comply with federal law that says migrants cannot be released into the U.S. because the country lacks the resources to detain everyone. The Solicitor General under Biden claiming during oral arguments that if the policy was needed to comply with the law, then every presidential administration, uh, according to them, I don't buy this argument, and an unbroken line for the past quarter century is, has been an open violation. Well, not the Trump administration. They forget that part. We're watching a big Second Amendment case in the state of New York. This is really an interesting case where the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin, it may be the biggest Second Amendment case before the Supreme Court and, and has to be longer than a decade. And the justices will decide whether New York's process for obtaining a license to carry a concealed handgun is overly restrictive. I can tell you from personal experience, it is. Uh, the current rules require applicants to show proper cause for why they need to carry a firearm. The government can exercise 
discretion in determining whether someone has satisfied that requirement. The result is that it's extremely difficult to obtain a license. You know, in my case, you need at least a thousand death threats, which wasn't hard to produce, unfortunately. But anyway, during oral arguments there, the justices appeared to challenge the state's position. You know, Brett Kavanaugh saying, well, why isn't it good enough to say I live in a violent area? I want to defend myself. Sam Alito in an exchange with the New York Solicitor General, Barbara Underwood, recognized that if an applicant stated that the leave work late at night and have to walk on the subway station through a high crime neighborhood to get home, that person would be denied because they did not cite a specific threat. How is that consistent with the core right to self-defense? Great question by Alito. You know, so uh, I think that that's going to be that's going to be a game changer for New York. Uh, We've got an EPA case where West Virginia is suing the Environmental Protection Agency. And that issue there is whether the EPA has the power to increase sweeping rules that would overhaul industry practices and the country's electricity electricity grids to address climate change. In the Obama administration in 2015, the Clean Power Plan aimed to reduce carbon emissions At power plants, the plan was blocked by the Supreme Court in 2016, then repealed by the Trump administration and replaced by the less extreme affordable clean energy rule after the Biden administration came into power. However, it became the subject of litigation that led to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals vacating that rule as well as the repeal of the clean power plan. The Supreme Court will now review that decision. And, of course, the much-anticipated ruling Uh, And that is Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization. And this ruling is the one that led to protests outside of the homes of several Supreme Court justices, as well as, thankfully, a failed assassination plot against uh, Justice Kavanaugh, uh, sparked by the publication of a draft opinion. We still have not gotten to the bottom of who leaked that opinion, that draft opinion, by Sam Alito, if published as the court's opinion, will overturn Roe v. Wade and send it back to the states. And that case came about after Mississippi passed a law banning abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy, going against the standard set by Roe that prohibited bans prior to fetal viability. Again, this is from 1973, understood at the time to be about 23 weeks. And during oral arguments, many justices appeared interested in finding a way to uphold the 15-week ban without completely doing away with Roe. More specifically, John Roberts spoke of possibly eliminating the viability standard while still ensuring women have the opportunity to get an abortion. Well, they're going to have an opportunity either way because it will be sent back to the state. So those are the, the main cases that we're waiting. Here's the problem we have and what everybody needs to be on the lookout for. There are people out there, and how ironic, I go back. We're now in the middle of the January 6th hearings. The January 6th committee has totally, completely, you know, one-sided, corrupt, abusively biased. There is one opinion and one opinion only, that these hearings are to be used to bludgeon Donald Trump. And if it means uh, not examining the evidence, if it means foregoing what should be the real motivation of people on the committee to protect the Capitol from ever having an incident like that happen again. I can tell you the answer. You fortify a perimeter around the Capitol using, for example, like they use at the White House, cement roadblocks, 
so cars can't just bash through. And, and around the perimeter, secure locations for, for workers and, and for congressmen and women and senators to get in and out. And for the public, the general public that genuinely want to get to the Capitol, they have to go through that pro- the proper process. Uh, then I would erect a fence around the entire Capitol, make it look nice, just like around the White House, no different. And if you put these things in place, you can prevent it from happening again. But they, they didn't even want to examine the fact that Donald Trump had authorized up to 20,000 troops to be used that day. And once he, as required by law, allows for that authorization, which he did, and we have four witnesses to that fact, and a fifth person in the room talked to Trump, admits the people around him have confirmed to me that they talked to uh, Trump. I'm talking about General Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs, that in fact they had discussions about security of, of the Capitol for January 6th, knowing we came off of a summer of rioting and 574 riots and knowing that tensions were high in the country. So they didn't even, once the president signs off and authorizes that, then it is up to the jurisdiction, then goes to the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, and to D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser. We now know that the, the chief of police, of the Capitol Police, once a new assessment came down, three days before January 6th, that said the chance of violence had increased dramatically, he requested at least six separate times that the Guard troops be available and called up. And yet this committee refuses to ask for the emails or the text messages or the phone records of the Sergeant of Arms in the House and the Senate, of Nancy Pelosi, Muriel Bowser, in writing, rejected the National Guard troops that Trump authorized. Now, if you're going to make the case that Trump wanted a riot on January 6th and incited the riot on January 6th when he said many of you will peacefully, patriotically march to the uh, Capitol so your voices will be heard, well, how do you negate the fact that he did his part and they didn't do their part? How do you, how do you ever possibly analyze this objectively to prevent it from happening again? Anyway, it's nuts. Now we, you know, are we going to be prepared this time? Because there's a group out there. Now, there have been, to date, 40 known instances of pro-lifers being targeted with violence, vandalism, harassment in the weeks following this leaked Supreme Court draft opinion. A report by the Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America organization detailed 49 separate incidents of violence and vandalism and harassment committed by pro-abortion activists since the May 2nd leak, 47 of those incidences included the targeting of pro-life individuals, events, organizations, pregnancy centers, and churches. And there have been numerous acts of violence, Molotov cocktails, etc. And we have Chuck Schumer. Nobody seems to care about, you know, you have released the whirlwind, Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. You will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. Imagine if I said that. <laughs> what would happen to me? Well, anyway, then we had, of course, thank God we were able to uh, foil what was a, a, a planned assassination of Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, thankfully, that never happened. There's a there's a group call calling itself, you know, demonstrations now continue outside the homes of the justices. In the case of Amy Coney Barrett, they've given out the actual school her children go to, the church that she goes to, and when she goes to church, it's unbelievable. We got a group calling itself Jane's Revenge. They're committing to what sounds like 
what Democrats would call insurrection if it were aimed at another part of government. A friend uh, apparently sent a a photo of a flyer that has popped up around Washington, D.C. that says, D.C. call to action night of rage, declaring the night the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade hit the streets. You said you'd riot. Wow. It continues to our oppressors. If abortions aren't safe, you are not either. Jane's revenge. Okay, have we not had enough incidences of, of violence to prepare for the, what's, what could be pending now? Anyway, we'll get into all of these cases and the lack of security and safety for our Supreme Court justices. Sounds insurrectionist to me. I don't know. Is, is Joe Biden going to authorize troops? to be called up, to be available in cities where there might be protests being planned? Look, with these tough economic times, please pay close attention. We're going to have eight more rate increases, according to Goldman Sachs, in the next 18 months. Eight. That's what they're predicting. If you're considering a new home purchase, or if you didn't refinance your home up till now, uh, maybe you can now lock in your mortgage rate before you even start shopping. But also, you want to combine it with debt consolidation because credit card debt is now going through the roof. Now, by the way, you, you can lock in a rate for 120 days when you work out, work with our friends at American Financing. For example, my friends closed on a home in Indiana, and they had locked in their rate. And by the time their closing day came, the rate was like a full point higher. But American Financing kept their pledge and honored what rate they gave them. Amazing people to work with. Anyway... They'll look at your unique set of finances with your mortgage. Any debt you may have, you can consolidate it into one low monthly payment. They'll tell you how much you can save every month and how much you'd be able to save over the course of your loan. Very simple. Their mortgage pros are standing by 866-615-9200. For a mortgage review, debt consolidation review, 866-615-9200 on the web, AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, NMLSConsumerAccess.org.